Hey guys, welcome to Tuscan Radio. My name is Drew Gretsch, and it's Michael's first solo episode today. I am in Paris this week, so I have seen the book of Boba Fett, but I've, I'm not a, 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 able to do a podcast about it. So, uh, Michael is going to give you his spoiler-free thoughts on the show. I'm going to be back next week, though, uh, when we do our full review of the episode, and then of course I'll be there, uh, I, I should be there for everything after that, but yeah, I'm super excited to see the show, guys, you guys have probably already seen it, but yeah, it's gonna be great, uh, so here you go, Michael. Hi, I'm Mike Badroff, I don't know what Drew's intro and outro was, that'd be nice to know, but I'm gonna trust that it was nice and gives you guys the rundown for this episode, because I don't know if that was my job. I'm your substitute host, Mike Padrov, while Drew is out on vacation for the instant reaction of Bugaboa Fett. Thank you, Drew, for the honor of actually letting me uh, do a solo podcast. It's, I really hope it's not my last one. I'm going to do you proud with it. Woohoo! Anywho, the plans that Drew laid out for me was do the non-spoiler reaction... And then the spoiler reaction. So I'm going to go through the non-spoiler reaction. And the outline for that is both Fett and Fennec relationship as a whole. The plot for the show, which I think is going to which I think is going to take place and what the episode sets up. And then cinematography and the score for the non-spoiler reaction. And then for the spoiler reaction, uh, I'll tell when that happens and I'll give the outline at that point so no one gets spoiled here. All right. Um, first part of the instant reactions for the episode so far. Sorry, just cleaning up some stuff on my desk. The thing I love most about um, the episode that I think anyone that's listening to this podcast before the show has to look forward to is Fennec, Shans, and Boa's relationship. So Boa is like this has is like an experienced, kind old man, while Fennec Shan is like the feisty old the feisty young killer girl and it's a very lovely reaction like relationship to see because they do it so well in the show and it was a very high point for me in this first episode to look like ah that's fine and it's kind of sweet because they understand each other and they complicate it so away and while Fennec Sean does oh Bubba Bubba her life I'm sorry my voice is still in the morning phase while still owes Bubba her life she also has respect and uh, uh, a good amount of friendship with him. I don't think they're ever going to go into a love relationship with each other because that's just kind of weird in my opinion. But if the writers do decide to go in that route, I I can see why. Anywho, moving on to um the plot of Book of Boba Fett and where I think it's going to go. Th- this is no spoilers. Making sure I'm saying that now. Everyone's like, nope, got to pause this. Um. As in, in an earlier podcast, I don't know which one I said it was. It was it solo or was it uh, last? It was Last Jedi. The Last Jedi episode. I said I didn't know where both that was going to go because with Mandalorian, you could tell like the plot was okay, Grogu, and getting him to a Jedi, and then you could tell that um, Bad Batch was Bad Batch on the run, and for Book of Boba, all you could really tell was uh, Boba in control of Jabba the Hutt's empire now, which I didn't know how that was going to 
play throughout the end of the endgame. What's Boba's endgame with the Empire? This episode doesn't do the greatest job of telling us where that's going to go next. But it does open up some avenues and give us an insight of how Boba is going about taking over Jabba's empire. Uh, there's a line that was in the trailer that Boba intends to rule with respect instead of fear. And so that is definitely shown throughout the episode, which I uh, am going to look forward to in the next coming episodes. And then very high point. The two highest points for me in the show so far are the cinematography and the score. The score is the highest part for me with Ludwig Gorenson. Uh, the same guy who did Mandalorian. Absolutely beautiful job in the scenes that um, I'll talk about in the spoiler section because they are spoilery. Ludwig does the best chance, uh, does the best job, sorry, of perfectly keying up what needs to be the score and connects the viewer in not just their eyes, but listening at what Boba is doing with the people in the background in the set that is happening. And it makes you feel uplifted and sad. And it does the best job of connecting with the feelings that I didn't know I needed in a book of both that show. Maybe I'm a hyperizing just a little bit, but still very high point for me. Cinematography. Um, the show takes place in Mas Espa. And that's... Um, the scenes of Tatooine, they make Tatooine, Tatooine look beautiful. I didn't know how they could do that. And Mas Espa is, it's not vibrant. It's not beautiful, like neon lights vibrant, like Tokyo or Coruscant. Coruscant's just kind of junky. Um, but it's kind of energized. It's like something has been going through the town. And I think it has something to do with the Empire's fall. That Mas Espa feels a little bit more upbeat since we lost, since we last saw Tatooine in A New Hope. Because A New Hope, the town looked drum and sad, like a Western movie with a criminal overlord. And while <laughs> Boba is now the criminal overlord, it's everyone's doing business. Everyone's, as Boba says, business is good. There's no problems. And no stormtroopers. You don't see a single... Actually, that's wrong. You do see two storm... No, one stormtrooper throughout the episode. Um, but other than that, you're... The Empire's gone on the trace of Mas Espa in the terms of this episode. So it's fun to see not having an Empire or that in a uh, setting in Star Wars for a long time. Anywho, I think that covers it for about my non-spoiler section. Um, going through because everything else, uh, everything else is non spoilers, but overall, good episode. I'm excited to see where it goes. It just leads, it leaves me wanting, it doesn't leave me wanting more because I don't know what show up in the next coming episodes, but it does leave me wanting something. I just don't know what that is, and I know it's unfair, but something is missing for me. I don't know what it is, but still, great episode. All right, we are at 6 minutes, 46, 47, 48, 6 minutes and 50 seconds. This is the not, this concludes the non-spoiler section for Incident Reaction of Book of Boba Fett, and then going on to the spoiler section, which I am very excited in. So anyone that is listening for the non-spoiler section, please pause the episode now, go on and see Book of Boba Fett for yourself, and then 
come back and listen to this. Oh, and have a great time watching it. Grab some popcorn, maybe like a chocolate bar, some Oreos and some milk. Highly recommend that. So, Book of Boba Fett spoiler reactions. Starting off at the start of the episode, we see, which I had my favorite moment of the episode, starts you off at the beginning. You see Boba Fett in the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> and I, I thought, it was in my predictions that it was going to be called to for this episode, and you were going to, or sometime in the show, we were going to see Boba Fett escaping the Sarlacc pit, and he did it in a really cool way. And... So you also saw the stormtrooper down there getting dissolved, and he was already that stormtrooper was already dead. Don't know if it was a girl, boy, whatever. Stormtrooper was already dead, dissolving, and you can see Boba's like panic, like what's going on? I can't see, and he's surviving. His instincts kick in, lights start like on fire, climbs out through the sand. You think he's climbing out through the mouth? No, punches a hole in the sand, climbs out. Absolutely astonishing, and you just see him struggling. I'm very confused on how he didn't die. I don't know if it was through spite or anything else. But Boba, what he did, he laid there for like, I don't know how long the time was. Jabba's came off and took his armor, which leads into the Cobb Vance section of Mandalorian. Uh, Sands are praying over him like rain, heavy rain on the, in the dunes of Tatooine. And I am so confused on how he didn't die. And then Tusken Raiders, which comes into the big part for the rest of the flashbacks for the episode, come and take him. They drag him along, and he's just done. He is surviving on pure fumes. Tusken Raiders don't give him anything. Give it up for Boba Fett, a guy who we thought was kind of weak after the end of Return of the Jedi and just looked cool because he got knocked into a sock pit by a blind guy with a stick. And then he's surviving. He, Boba Fett is proving his worth as to why he should be the crime lord of Tatooine. And even beyond Tatooine, because Jabba Hutt will be on Tatooine. He's proving his mettle in his, these flashbacks. And then going on, we see the respect that the inhabitants and the, the officials pay to the ruler and the crime lord of Jabba Hutt's enterprise. People come by and pay tributes. They pay fur coats. A Chidoshian crime lord comes by and pay. The guy that Boba, the guys that Boba Fett used to work for, come back and like pay tribute to Boba Fett. And he's like, "This is weird for me," because Boba Fett isn't this guy up until this point. He's uh, up until this point, he was just a simple man making his way through the galaxy like his father was before him. And so, being a crime lord over many systems and so much power under his hands is gotta be weird for him. It's a total environment change. Anyone else would feel weird. And so having your former bosses come back and like give you gifts of money and stuff is very funny. And then you can see there was a line that I absolutely loved. Boba Fett's like, yeah, we gotta get a protocol droid. Because C-3PO and protocol droids are very underappreciated in the Star Wars universe, in my opinion. Because over millions of languages, you need a droid that can understand them all. And so when the tributes are coming in and when Boba Fett's talking to people, he can't understand most of them. So there's a language barrier there, which I think Boba Fett will some point overcome. And then something's going to happen with the mayor. Because that's my that's one of my things that I'm excited to see because the mayor is an elected official. Don't know what is... I think it was like the mayor of Mos Espa. But if 
there was like a little bit of disrespect between him and Boba because Boba's like, why am I paying this guy? I'm the crown lord. He's supposed to pay me. It's still very fun. I'm going to, I don't know what the mayor's going to do with that. Maybe like report him or send some sheriffs or law enforcement over there, but still excited to see what happens there. And going on, he, Boba is very, is not a man of tradition. So Fennec, Fennec knows the tradition that happened with Jabba and how the people must Espa rule, like what their powers. Well, I was like, I'll walk. I don't need to go on. I don't know. I forgot what they called it. But Fennec was like, you should have taken a ride on this um, carriage thing to the place we're going. And Bo was like, I'll walk on my own two feet. Thank you very much. And Fennec's like, well, okay. Even though it's like the power that Mas Espa looks for. I respect that in Bo. But Bo was, he's not going to be given anything. He's going to earn it. So he walks to this one shop. He pays respect to the shop owners. And he's just, and while Fennec, and he's very chill. And it's Boba Fett, so you won't expect him to be chill. But he just gives them their helmets <coughs> to be washed. Uh, uh, oh, I completely skipped this part. The Gamorrean guards. The Gamorrean guards we see at the start of uh, Jabba's palace. Boba spared them. And he's like, uh, you guys were very loyal to your workers. Um, I respect that. If you guys are loyal to me, if I uh, spare you guys, would be loyal to me? The Gamorreans say Yes. And they walk around with Boba, and I thought that was absolutely adorable because they're like two stray dogs. Even though I don't think Gamorreans are like the most pleasant thing in all of Star Wars, it was very nice to see Boba not mindlessly killing for the point of killing. I'm sorry, I'm fiddling with chocolate coins, so if anyone's like, why is this crackling? I'm fiddling with like chocolate coin wrappers because I like chocolate coins. Um, I was confused by one ask going back to the business shop, so... Um, Boba and Fennec go to this one casino-looking place. Like, they called it, like, this little paradise paradise place. And they gave them the helmets. The shop owner comes by, and Boba's like, Hey, I've taken over. Um, Bib Fortuna is the ruler of the Hut Fortune and Enterprise. Just want to let you know your business is going to be fine. I hope we uh, continue to do business. And the shop owner is very chill. She's like, okay. Uh, I'm glad you've come to pay respects. Uh, I respect your empire and good luck in your enterprise. I hope you stay with us. Uh, and then, I don't know why, but they gave Boba like a helmet full of gold. I don't know if it was one of those tribute things. I'm assuming so, at least. And um, I don't know if we'll, that'll be like a recurring place that people go to, like a bar. Because Fennec and Boba like to drink. Sorry, eating one second. Hungry. My dad brought home Chick-fil-A, but I'm recording this, so. Can't eat Chick-fil-A until I finish. Anywho, moving on. Uh, and then they walk outside and we get our first piece of... Actually, no, it was one of the... So we see, um, going back to one of the... Going back to another flashback after that interaction. We see Boba under the prison of the... Tuscan Raiders, and they have a youngling with them. And Boba's like, nearly escapes. And the Rodian sounds like, I hate Rodians. I don't think we've met a good Rodian throughout all of Star Wars, besides the uncle, uh, besides Padme's uncle. In like season two, or it was episode, it was season one. 
uh, where Padme goes to meet with her uncle. And then he, like, gets her captured by droids. He was trying to do the good thing. But kind of screwed up, though. Anywho, moving on. Rodian sends the alarm. Um, I had a hard time seeing it. I should have seen it on another screen. But because I had the glare of the morning sun on the TV, I couldn't see all that well the fight scene between Boba and the Tuscan Raiders in in the dark. Because in the dark, you have a little bit of problem watching in the morning. I don't know if anyone else experienced this. Probably someone else. But the parts I could make out, it was... It was like uh, caged animals trying to survive, and that's what Boba's past is like after escaping the Starlock Pit. He's just a caged animal. And right now, out of flashbacks in the actual show, in the present, he's keeping that animal caged. He's He hasn't, uh, up until the action part, which I'm going to talk about after this, he has this fierceity, he has this... Um, animosity inside of him that um, keeps him alive until so he proves out the Tusken Raiders and they put him to work digging for water and he teaches the youngling patience. There's this youngling Tusken Raider and does not look adorable whatsoever because younglings kind of look adorable but with Tusken Raiders kind of looking all Tusken Raider-y. Just a little snotty little kid with his face covered. Anywho, um, but Boba with the Tusken Raiders in interaction and then jumping back to the flashback, because I'm going back in episode order, jumping back to the present, Boba and Fennec get ambushed by guys in the shields, and they were wearing crimson red, but they had no um, crimson dawn signal. I thought since they were wearing red, it'd be like, ooh, crimson dawn's coming in. And they have, like, the tech fort. I don't know, but if crimson dawn does come in, I would love to see Kira back in here. I don't. I completely forget if me and Drew talked about it in the solo podcast. But if we saw Kira in Book of Boba Fett, would not mind that whatsoever. Because that also play in for Han to come back, and seeing Han, Boba, and Kira in the same room—that'd be hilarious and just an awesome scene. I'm calling it now. If that's the finale, I want someone to like bet me twenty bucks. No, I don't, because that'd be weird. Um, actually, no, one because 20 bucks is pretty helpful. Anywho, moving on. Um, Kira and, uh, I don't know who those guys were. I don't think anyone does. Uh, maybe they're also the mayor's law enforcement. Uh, exciting to see the first bit of action in the show, though, because Fennec and Boba work so, synchron- so work, work so much in flow that it's, Boba's like, all right, shoots a missile and then Fang, like takes on another guy, and they just keep on fighting. They don't, no hesitation in slowing down. And, uh, like, a triumphant moment in the show was the Gormorian guards coming back and, like, proving Boba right for sparing them. They come up and, like, they help Boba and Fennec get free from the trap because they have, like, a little shield prison that's, like, kind of be like they're caged in. And going back to the animal thing, Boba lets out the fierce he has inside of him by just kind of doing everything he can to escape. He does not want to be captured again, does not want to be that, doesn't have his helmet on, so you see the facial expressions um, of Tamara Morrison, which he does such a great job with Boba, displaying the his fear, his anger, his um, ferocity in all these action scenes, and just throughout the show of 
um, the emotions that Tamara can display. Did not think that was what Tamara does. I thought he was just kind of an action dude, a uh, calm, wise guy, or a really guy that'll beat you up. But that was a great scene, and then uh, Boa tells, and then Boa annihilates someone with a missile. Absolutely demolishes him, and I thought that was great. The Gamorrean guards end up killing some of the people, and then Fennec John comes back and captures one of them, or at least I think because we didn't see him pull it back. Um, but then the Gamorrean guards take Boa back to his back-to-tank, and he's healing up. I'm glad we have a back-to-tank to make Boa look less scarred, because you can also see throughout all the Tatooine and the Tusken Raider flashbacks, Boa is absolutely destroyed. Scars all on his back, the sand rashing across his face. No water. Nothing to clean himself up. And the like the Tusk Raiders like barely bandage him up. Don't give him very much food. Just destroyed and surviving on struggles. And then as soon as Bubba goes back into the back to tank, we see the flashback of him and this Rodian in scavenging for water. Like, I think the chieftain tells them, or, like, kind of symbols with them to go work for water. The youngling rescue, the youngling is watching over them with a sand dog. And then the Rodian, dumb Rodian, hits a claw. And that claw is a giant sand monster. Not a sand monster, just a giant reptilian monster with, like, forearms. Kind of like a snake with arms, in my opinion. And that... And that kills the Rodian, Yeho. The dog tries to go capture it. Uh, tries to go kill it. Dog fails. And then Boba, just out of nowhere. Not out of nowhere, but kills the monster. And then the uh, gives the head to the youngling. The youngling is praised at the back of the village. And then the chieftain gives Boba his respect by giving him water. Which I think is like a sign of headway. I'm excited to see... How it goes with the Tusken Raiders from beyond then. I think he... Because he had a Tusken Raider stick in Mandalorian. When we first see him killing the Stormtroopers. So I don't know if he like is adopted by their ways. And kind of learns their ways for the rest of the show. Which I think would be kind of interesting. I don't know if anyone's here watched Arrow. The CW show that showed the Green Arrow with Stefan Amell. I think that's his name. Stephen Amell. Stefan Amell. But the flashbacks of Arrow actually learning how to use his arrow, I thought that'd be kind of cool to see Boba get mo- most of his fighting sense back in here. And then the episode ends. It was a... Um, that's really all my memory collects. I watched it twice to make sure I was getting everyone a fair opinion. Out of 10, I'd rate this episode a... Eh, solid 8. Mostly because it leaves stuff to be... It felt... Like a junk food episode? No, not like a junk food episode. Uh, like a like a burger place. Like you you eat a burger, but like the burger's like just a little bit too small for you, so you kind of want more food, but you don't want to get another whole burger. And so I really like this episode, but I it just leaves more to be wanted, which I don't I can't place my finger on as of right now. I don't know if I want more characters or if I want. I want more plot, I think, is what I want more. So yeah, that's the, it for the episode. That's been my solo podcast on instant reactions for Book of Boba Fett. 23 minutes on the dot here, and I hope everyone has a great rest of their Christmas break. And Happy New Year.
logging off now. Thank you guys so, so much for listening to the podcast today. Oh, it's Drew again, by the way. I just did the intro and the outro. Um, yeah, you guys can follow us on Twitter at Tuscan Radio Pod. Please leave a five-star review. A lot of people are going to be looking for a new Star Wars podcast now that the show is out. So please do that. It's so incredibly helpful. You can also now rate on Spotify. So please leave a five-star on Spotify. That'd be great. And if you are a Marvel fan, go and check out another Marvel podcast. Uh streaming everywhere you listen to this podcast um right now because we're on a bit of a break from the mcu right now because there's not anything coming out until may again i'm recording this about a week and a half in advance so that may change um we are covering marvel's daredevil on netflix so uh, if you're if you are a fan of that show go and check that out so thank you guys so so much for listening i am drew gretch and michael's done his outro may the forest be with you always i have spoken